Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Moyles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And that's a 6am can of monster. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jas, what did we do last week? Uh, we left off at the Gatactus Shrine in the Rito Village. And Jay, what are we going to do today? Well, I think it's time to get the main quest back on the road. So we should probably go up and to the top of Rito Village and uh, speak to the chief. Mm, hail not, to the chief. Not, not Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> as much as that would be a real twist. <laughs> Master Cheese. You are speaking to the Master Cheese right now. You get to speak to the Master Cheese every week, you lucky <laughs> lucky boys. Uh, so yes, um, we head up to the top of Rito Village and there we get a cutscene with uh, voice acting with uh, Taba, who you may remember from the first game as the sort of companion character for the main quest part the like how you had like side on and you know I was gonna say, is there a name because there's the champions right who are the guys from 100 years ago is there a name for their four modern descendants so in breath of the wild not an explicit name but age of calamity hmm. i think just calls them the champions descendants right which i guess makes sense um, yeah, it's as good a name as any. Yeah, although, now that we talk about that, with Taba, as we find out during this quest, he's not really Ravali's heir in that sense, because the cutscene mm. focuses quite heavily on his uh, now slightly more grown-up kid. It's Tulin. Mm. I was like, when I first seen this bit, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I didn't so... remember... <laughs> At all, like clearly knows Link. I'm like, I was the same. <laughs> so... From context, I figured this kid was probably in the previous game. <laughs> they can't expect us to remember every yeah. child in every village that we visit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he is. I in... do. I do. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do kind of remember a little plot where. Teba's son wanted to come and fight, but he's too young or something. I think that was like a little thing in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, can give you like a little reminder like of the characters. Like I know they do their little character sheet, but like you know, some of them have mm. like their like younger form, like Pura. So you can at least make the yeah. connection there. Did they do that for Tulin? Oh he anything. hasn't changed that much. He hasn't changed from a child to a twenty year old woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But he's he's definitely older because I mean the yeah. all the all the Rito kids you know they look very similar just like a baby bird um mm. whereas he's, he's now clearly got more of a design about him right yeah um, but yeah he 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 lived at the not lived but he'd spent a lot of time at the flight range where um Taper, i presumed worked um mm-hmm. back in breath of the wild and uh yeah he's he's uh he's taken more of a role because the previous village elder um i don't no he is in this game i was about to ask do we actually see him oh he is okay he is yes he is at the flight range so they've pretty much just swapped jobs (laughs) 
okay. So, because yeah, he was a big cool owl lad, which I loved. Like, because all the, all the Rito, I mean, they're all kind of like, what, like falcons? They look like Falco Lombardi, all of them, pretty much. You know, especially um, Rivali. Rivali was he was pure Falco energy, absolutely. But it was cool to see, like, I'm pretty sure. There is a Smash Brothers um, spirit fight where he he's played by Falco, right? It makes sense, uh, you know, absolutely <laughs> makes sense. Um, whereas the village elder um, Canelli, his name is, was this, you know, bit bit chubbier, but this cool owl lad with like, like lots of like facial hair, big thick <laughs> eyebrows, um, which I, I thought that's that's really cool. I, I wish they had kind of different bird designs. Um, I suppose they kind of do. Like Cass is a bit more like like a like a macaw, maybe you know. Um, so the the main characters often do, but not just. But most of the Rito just hanging around the village mm-hmm. are pretty similar models. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not, different, that's not right? quite like pen's, pen's different from like the yeah. Or, he? he looks like a maybe like a seagull or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose that's fair. Now that I think about it, there is more variation than I'm making out of my head. But, uh, but with the Zora, like everyone's a different fish. Yes, yeah. Um, and I suppose, like looking at um, Taber's wife Saki, she's like very colourful, like almost mm. I don't know, like a songbird or even a peacock, maybe, maybe uh, potentially. She's got like this this kind of flowing purple hair. Um, but yeah, Taber's got a promotion <laughs> since since Bear for the Wild. He's chief now. And uh, is that what we call it when someone inherits a throne? Did he inherit it though? Because he wasn't related to Canelli. He, he earned oh, okay. it. I would have said. Ah, okay. Like he was the mighty yeah, it's, warrior. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like a king situation. That's true. Yeah, like he's the mightiest warrior and you know the best. Is he elected? Uh, uh, perhaps or maybe yeah. I, 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 who knows the inner workings of Rito politics? <laughs> Maybe appointed by the previous chief. Perhaps. Um, There'll be question raised when Chulin eventually gets the chief position. Nepotism purely at work. Um, Although... I mean, I will always vote for the candidate who can produce magic wins. (laughs) That's it. I mean, they talk about, you know, maybe the mightiest warrior gets a position. Chulin definitely seems to be talked about in that sort of rarefied air, even at a young age. They seem to be saying, yeah, Chulin... He's uh he's pretty impressive. He he's he's probably the best flyer amongst Trolls amongst us, like even his age. That's it. That's um, something you get in like games and cartoons. But have you ever in real life met a kid who everyone's like, Have you met this kid? He's he's pretty sick. <laughs> no <laughs> No, it's mostly have you met this kid? He's a wee shit. Stay away from yeah. <laughs> There was one, because I, I work with children, right? I work in like a little school. Um, and the closest I've got is I once did see one five-year-old nail another five-year-old with like a textbook flying kick. <laughs> You're like sick. <laughs> like fully, like one leg out, the other leg tucked under, like 80s action movie poster flying kick. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I, in my head, I was like, that was fucking sick. But obviously I had to tell him off. 
you're like, that's impressive. But I, I, I <laughs> Stifling I that like, child's martial art ability there. How dare you? Let I think fight. they have said to other adults, like, oh, Togo, he can do a flying kick. It's pretty cool. <laughs> do you think they spoke about Chulin like that? Like, he, he's yeah. he's a flying kick child. They're like, well, I have to tell Tulin off because he is bullying the other kids, but he is bullying them with incredible magic airbending powers. It is pretty sick. Well, it's, I don't it's... think Tulin bullies other kids. I suppose it's, it, that does kind of play into the story beats as we go through it. Like, maybe Tulin does learn a little bit about, you know, knowing his limits, shall we say. Like he, he make... Yeah, well, working as a team is the thing, right? Yeah, that's it. So he does learn. That's right, yeah. I, I, I was joking when I said that Tulin would bully other kids. I don't think he's that kind of person. No, he seems He does, nice. like, show off and treat himself and act like he doesn't need anyone else. Yeah, which I suppose is maybe elements of like Rivali Rivali's nature coming out like if if Chulin's oh, yeah. the one that's inheriting you know the 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 skills of Rivali which he seems to have in a way you know the fact they can conjure wind like Rivali could in a way then that that arrogance that comes out from from Rivali mm. is there's maybe a danger of that coming out at Chulin he's maybe not at the age yet but if he went down a particular route and wasn't brought up in a particular way that might be how Chulin would would end up mm-hmm. potentially um but yeah on that note with uh, it's interesting because we spoke about the kind of descendants of the the champions and how you know eventually they're all going to play a role in tears of the kingdom Taba, who was the one that was given the spotlight in breath of the wild is very much left by the wayside in uh, in tears of the kingdom he's very you know he's barely he's not involved at all really in the story well, yeah, he has the role in this story that the, ch- the previous chief would have had in the previous story. Yeah. He kind of just sits at the village and leads, but he's not the one who's going out solving the problem. It's interesting. I, I wonder why they, they went down that road. Um... Especially as they don't really do it with, with the other, like, you know, mild spoilers. I was expecting to meet a new character at all three. Yeah. But actually, the other three are your companions from the previous game. That's it. That's it. Um, Maybe it, they just wanted a kid one, because, mm. you know, a little kid bird is cute. And they definitely seem to have had this idea for a while. So, in the uh, the DLC for Age of Calamity, um, mm. so the, Teba is a playable character in Age of Calamity, and he is inc- he's the best character in that game. My god, he's so good. So I want I want that version of Chulin in Britain, Tears of the Kingdom, but alas. Um, but there's a quest in um, Age of Calamity where I think you play as Teba and Rivali um, because there's, they've heard of a Rito that's, that's got lost in the forest. And mm. somehow Chulin ended up travelling back in time with Teba. <laughs> Who knows what happened? I think he must have been near him when the portal opened or some nonsense. Anyway, um, they go and rescue Tulin, and um, and they're, they're eventually I think Ravali notices that he's starting to control the wind, and Ravali kind of raises his eyebrow and he's like, he's like, interesting. You know, he's like, we've got a long way to go, but you're gonna be, you're gonna be something. Um, so that's. 
I, I can't. I don't know when the DLC came well, out for the Age DLC of for Age of Calamity was not that long ago. True. So this, and was... as we know, this game was apparently like the most of it was finished a year before it came out. Yeah. So they must have. So little story elements like that probably were mm. set in stone. Mm. But it was uh, just a neat touch, just to notice that yeah, they, they were they've shown them off like very young age, beginning to. Dub, but he calls it instead of Raleigh's Gale and Edge of Calamity, he calls it Chillin's Tornado, which I thought was cute. Nice. Um, but yeah, so neat little touch there. But um, now he's uh, he's a bit older. He, he doesn't just um, show off a little bit of wind. He has pretty well good, pretty good control around the wind. And he, after meeting them at the top here, um, so yeah, um, the, the whole point of going up here, you, you're you're asking like. There's lots of weird things going on in the kingdom. Do you have any word about Princess Zelda? She's gone missing. Tabe is like, nah, sorry, no word about her at all. However, this blizzard though, wow, um, it's pretty crazy. Maybe you should go ask Hearth. He he flies about a lot, and mm. um, the uh, Tulin flies away. He's got another mission to do, but um, you have to go and speak to Hearth. He's at a lodge nearby, and that kind of sets us off on our journey through the, the Hebra Mountains and on the main quest. Yes. So you mentioned, and I'm pretty sure this is what everyone did, when Tulin flies off, you just glide after him. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, you're the top of... I think you, you can go even higher, right? You can go to, like, the top of the yeah. the rock, the kind of... the perch, I like it's to call perch. it. For, yeah. Um, and you can get even more height and, and glide from there. But, yeah, I think you're kind of meant to right to follow Tulin and glide to the other side of the the lake to reach the reach the trail trailhead lodge right i know i did yeah i definitely did yes. as well the, looking at the map there clearly is a route like there is a, a land route there yeah you can go back over the bridges and then follow clockwise around lake Totori to get up to where you need to go. But I, I, no one did that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking around the route as well, there's a couple of things you can see, but, and there's a path that leads up to the flight range, which is closed right now. It doesn't open until after you've finished this main story bit. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot there. So yeah, the, really, you probably should just glide <laughs> to the trailhead lodge, get yourself over there, continue on the main quest. Fair. Um, so inside the trailhead lodge, which um, I don't remember the, if this was in Breath of the Wild or I don't even remember this being a location. Apparently lodge, it is. Um, is it? Yeah, apparently so. Apparently hmm. there's a book inside that is written by um, the old Duchess of Downhill herself. <laughs> and uh, she talks about... Um, she hey, actually, actually she's left some supplies throughout the mountain. This is in Breath of the Wild. Um, whereas in the Tears of the Kingdom, it's almost like, I suppose, a forward, forward command post, mm. if you want to call it that, for the Rito to kind of go out and get supplies. Yeah, because like this... And, with the Duchess of Downhill there, like I'm pretty sure like the route we're about to go up is an area you can shield surf, right? 
Yes, yes, she is in the here Hebra Mountains. But um, uh-huh. inside the lodge, so there's Hearth, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, but there's also a book on the table in there, which has the Stormwood Dark song that the kids were singing. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also a full legend, which I suppose makes it even less, <laughs> even less mysterious what might happen. Um, it's fairly lengthy. Should I read it or? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So one day the winds that ought to blow in Rito Village ceased. Then the heavens grew stagnant and the earth fell to ruin. The villagers looked skywards for a solution. They saw a figure pierce through the unmoving grey clouds and descend swiftly towards them. Believing no ordinary being could fall from the heavens, the villagers called this figure a god. And the god stood atop a hill day after day, longing to return home to their island in the heavens. The villagers, forgetting their own troubles, tried to carry the god home on their proud wings. Yet who could say how far it might be, the place this god came from? The Rito took flight in turn, each hoping to reach that place above the clouds. Alas, none had wings strong enough. Seeing this, the god told the leader of the village that returning to the heavens was possible if the Rito gathered materials. Their spirits high, the villagers set about doing so. The god nodded upon seeing the tall pile of materials. This, they understood, would be enough. The god poured a strange power into the pile, and several small boats were assembled. Cautiously, the villagers boarded. The small vessels began floating up into the air. With the god leading them, the boats rose higher and higher, soon passing through the thick clouds. The vastness of the heavens took the villagers' breath away. Floating islands dotted a clear blue sky. The villagers rejoiced longfully, and then, with reluctance, returned to earth. One day, winds at the village roared back to life. In shock, the villagers looked to the sky. Floating above them was an enormous ship that the god had sent in gratitude. Numerous oars on both sides began to move like winds, soundlessly churning the skies. Air blew across Hebra once again. The skies cleared and the blooming flowers rose from the ground. The god had given them the blessing of wind. The ark that saved the village from the catastrophe came to be known as the Stormwind Ark. So ends the story of the Stormwind Ark that saved the village long ago. So there you go. What's what's interesting there is that's clearly describing him just using auto-build. Or (laughs) maybe, you know, doing it manually with... Ultra hand, but yeah, yeah, like their god is just using links the same powers we've got. That's it, yeah. Um, so the god is, I mean, knowing what we know about the lore is obviously a zonai, right? Whether it's Rauru, I don't know, or just another zonai. Um, my reading into it is it's probably just another member of the zonai race, considering Rauru never really returns to the heavens, he's he lives in Hyrule, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, th- this could be, like, even older than... Like, this could be pre-Hyrule. Hmm. Quite possibly. Because, um, yeah, there's a line where people, someone mentions, like, oh, you know, your people disappeared to the sky, but you're still here. Like, there were more Zonai once upon a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly there's a whole civilization of them. Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it just expands a little bit more on the song that the kids were singing, and... Um... Might uh, might become important. <laughs> we shall see. Hmm. And then from here, we can basically just head on up this big snowy hill. That's right, yeah, because Hearth, um, who is also in this cabin, his whole reason you go here, says, um, look, I've not seen Zelda, no info at all. 
Um, if you've spoken to Chulin, Chulin might know. He, and then he's like, Chulin's up at, um, he's, he went to Hebra South Summit Cave. Go and find him. And kind of guide you up the hill to... Uh, to As like, I, I was thinking... I was thinking we didn't find Hearth until later on, but no, he do we speak to him down there? Yes, he's in the he's in the trailhead watch. Aha. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's some ladders, and uh, you'll find an NPC who points you further north to go to the South Summit Cave. But was there something else you wanted to point out here, Luke? No, no, no. I was, I was going to talk about heading up to South Summit Cave. Well, there are. I got. I was going to say, this is the first place I think you can meet a bear. Oh. But <laughs> you can pretty much just run past them. <laughs> so, have you seen the, the Bacoblins? Have you seen Bacoblins can ride bears? Yes. No, but that's cool. Yeah. It's so good. So, um, <laughs> I was amazed when I first saw that. that have maybe joined us for, for across the Aerofield Report might know about your 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 fondness of bears, Luke, but how have you... Uh, how have you managed with the bear encounters in this game? It, I've never had to fight one. You can just run away. Yeah. Um, I haven't ridden one yet in this game. I know in Breath of the Wild you could ride a bear, um, but sadly could not register them and then use them as a horse <laughs> yeah. perpetually. Very amusing when you brought them to the stable, though, and the reaction that the stable master has. They're like, that's clearly not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you still can in Tears of the Kingdom because you can still ride uh, deer. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. still ride deer, yeah. ride everything else, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I was going to mention though is whilst you might choose to go up to where the game wants you to go um, you'll probably have spotted on your way up to the Trailhead Lodge or Glide Over there's also a Skyview Tower pretty much right yes. next to where we are the uh, the Rosper Pass Skyview Tower That, let's be honest. Most players did the Skyview Tower before they even went to the village. <laughs> I didn't actually. Um, huh? No, no, I, I did it on my way. Um, I, I think because I was, um, I came from the other direction. Like I came from the south, and I kind of saw yeah. the, the village was kind of in the way of the Skyview Tower. I didn't really clock mm. it until I was at the village. I was like, oh, the Skyview Tower. I'll go there after I've been at the village. So. And it is on the way to the main quest, so, you know, it, it, it made sense the order I did it, but I guess you didn't. <laughs> I I, would ju- I think I did quite a lot of towers before I did any main quest stuff. To be fair, I did as well, yeah. yeah. Not this one, though. I may have, like, popped into the village. But I didn't, yeah, didn't, like, get underway with any quest or anything. Were you a before village or after village soldier? I think I was after a village as well. I was like you. I came up yeah. from like the the south area, so I was like I didn't want to bypass like the main quest village, and I was already sitting mm-hmm. on doing it. So, so uh-huh. I'll, I'll take it wherever the game leads me, and that's where I'll go. Be interested to know if like anyone else um, that came the way we've been going through in this podcast also then did what you did, Luke, or if. Maybe there's some sort of weird game psychology at play that if you come from the south and you don't see the Skyview Tower at first, that you'll be gravitating towards the village first. Mm-hmm. Be, be cool to know. I mean, for me, it was like specifically like I'm not going to do the village because I know that's main quest. Yeah. It wasn't like a natural gravitation kind of thing. 
Um, so I'm sure there are lots of people. Yeah, I think it just ma- it just of... means like if, like if people are like it just depends on what you want to do when you're throwing the game on, right? Like you might mm-hmm. not necessarily want to do a main quest, so you're just like picking points to like grab a shrine or a sky tower. So, so like am I right in remembering this is the tower where you need to go and sort out the roof? Uh, I don't, don't think so. Think so? I think okay. this one is just surrounded by thorns. Ah, yeah, okay. So, you're just burning them down. That's all you're doing here. It's, uh, it's not exactly the most complex of uh, Skyview Towers, however... Yeah, it's just a thorn one, yeah, you're right. I think because you're dealing with adverse weather, it's you're in the kind of it's a severely cold area. So, um, you know, it's it's one where if you if you if you miss the armor shop like some of us in in Rio Village, <laughs> you might be struggling. But uh, is it is the weather enough to make the fires difficult to start? Don't think so. I think just I think rains only impact the fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's raining, obviously it's gonna you're gonna have to look for. Like an outcropping, which does come into play, if I remember rightly, in another Skyview tower. Yeah, you have to like build the outcropping, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a natural one. Not here. Yeah, not here. Okay. Um. Now, whenever we get to a Skyview tower, we do sometimes talk about what's above the Skyview tower, like directly. Do you want to take a jaunt into the sky quickly? Yeah. Is there much? Directly above this time? Uh, yes, there is a shrine. Um, ah, like cool, it's cool. quite a large island that's fairly close by. Um, there's another one that's way off to the west, but it's super high. Like You're going to need some form of traversal from this island to get there. Um, mm. So you're not really going to get there right now with probably only one zone eye battery maybe <laughs> so yeah um so yeah but we can talk about there's a shrine here if you want to go down go into that yeah let's do it it's the Ijo Ijo O shrine Ijo O shrine yes um also known as uh more than defense which uh-huh. is it another combat tutorial no, it is. Is this the one I think it is? I think this might be. This is the one I think where you have to melt ice using ah. um, flame emitter shields. So um, when you first come in there's a soldier construct with a flame emitter shield which you might not have come across at this point i haven't said that i'm pretty sure there's one on the great sky island you probably have but this is the first time it's come across come about in a in a shrine format right um so you you take the shield and you use that to melt the ice you might you probably could melt the ice using other methods but it's definitely the intended way to do it right Mm. um And then um, after that, you then get another soldier construct, which has a, a shield fuse of a big bit of brick, like a stone slab shield. And you have to use that to guard against 
flames coming out of the wall, so you kind of like aim towards the wall and block the flames and just sidestep through a through like a flame passage. Mm. I think I just propped like the the slab up against like the flames and walked past. Pretty sure that's Yep. Um, and then the last part is uh, you have to fuse rockets to a shield to um, ascend higher up a, up a kind of cliff face. So the name, more than defense, it's all about what can you fuse to shields. What, um, what you know, what what would be some useful shield fusion recipes that you might not have tried. So, yeah. Have you done this, Shrine? Do you, do you, do you, do I am doing course? it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it live. I'm I one. thought you'd gone a bit quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Looks done um, to be done. I bet he hasn't done before. Like one. Yep. One <laughs> one complaint I would have about these kind of this shrine mm-hmm. is you can't carry the shield it's giving you for tutorial purposes. And still have your... You have to drop a shield, right, to make space. Yeah, that's that. I would yeah. almost have preferred it if they made it like a pants shrine. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, so I get that, you. I, It doesn't affect my main... Um, yeah, that, that would... For these sorts of shrines yeah. where... I guess that then... It would make... There's a, there's a clear intended path for to complete the shrine if it was a, you know, mm. let's take all your items away like they do in some shrines. Oh, they do have... So there's the construct has the flame shield. Yeah. There's also just a spare flame emitter next to him. Right. I guess if you wanted to just attach it to your... Uh, you've already got like mm. a nice shield you don't want to drop. Actually, I guess... As well, like the could... interactive map and there's on the same island of where the shrine is... There is treasure chests that you can get where you get like a flame emitter or a balloon. Ah, uh, okay. So, so you can yeah, because they have that attached. You, to ha- the you have to you, you have to balloon up to actually get to the shrine. From the oh, Skyview you? Tower, you can get to one island, but you have to go to a slightly higher island to do the shrine. Ah, uh, okay. Mm. Well, yeah, there's yeah. a balloon like right there, ready to use. It's yeah, like so you, you'll probably make it there, right? There's no harm in talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, no, it's not. I'm just saying that, yeah. They're, they're um, teaching you a lot of these things you can build. So, like, outside the shrine... That's still fairly new at this point in the game. Like, the two chests you're on about there, just mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, like, at the bottom of these, like, water reservoirs yeah, where you have to, water, yeah. you have to, like, open, open, use an ultra hand, you have to, like, open the sluice gate and then use a bit of wood or something to prop the sluice gate open. Or, like... Or like use um, recall to keep the sluice gate open, so you can get down and drain the water. Because yeah. one sluice gate will drain to the other, the other sluice gate will drain to the outside. I don't think it was so. this one I done for the first time, but there's a few other islands like dotted about like that, and I spent an absolute age like trying to figure it out and getting to get the door like held open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, cut down so many that. trees. Deforested. Deforested. All was gone. <laughs> Like connecting them together um, just so I could get them like up little kind of because some of them are kind of not on the same level. So I was like linking trees together just to like prop my way up a path and then onto the next kind of water puzzle. So that's another was... way you could have got into Rico Village, right? If you didn't want to do the pine cones, I'm sure someone just out there did a all big the trees tree down, bridge. Yeah. <laughs> big bridge, yeah, yeah, your own bridge, yeah, definitely. 
So outside the shrine, there's a couple other things to note on this little sky island. Um, there's there's a device dispenser here, um, mm-hmm. which we've spoken about most of these that you can get from here, but this one does have a new one that we haven't had kind of a a focus on yet, which is the time bomb zonai device. Uh, which I'll be honest, my I most underused item. Yeah, I've never successfully used one of these without just blowing myself up. Yeah, I think... I don't know if it's just the timer or the explosion range. Both don't mesh well together. Mm. I kind of wish they were... I almost wish they were like um, the the bomb rune from Breath of the Wild. Like maybe like a zone activator. Yeah, like remote activated. Yeah, I think that would make them... I would use them a hell of a lot more if that was the case. Like to build like maybe like little traps or something like that. But yeah, same for sure. They're just the only, the only one thing I've remembered I've used it for is like I found a well and it was blocked off with some rocks, so I used a time bomb, like yeah, and hit it and then ran away, <laughs> like so I could get down into the well. I guess it's a way to get around using like a um, you know, bomb flower if you're yeah. like mining or something, right? But um, and I'm pretty sure you can bomb jump. Imagine with them as well, using... like, your, like shield soft bomb jump with them. Ah, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I've also probably got a lot more bomb flowers than I do these, so yeah, that's not a choice I would usually make. <clears throat> I just I can't imagine using these in the heat of battle. It would be so difficult to, mm-hmm. you know, properly time them. Even when they're like given to you in like a some a battle shrine, I I, I don't think I usually make much use of them. Yeah. But yeah, there's also rockets and flame emitters and portable pots, so there is some um... stuff here that's worth using. Now below this sort of platform that the shrine and the um, the the device dispenser is located on, I believe mm. there should be a flux construct down here. There is indeed, yes. Which this flux construct um, is special because on one of his little cube attachments, there is a very special treasure chest you could claim. Ah, so there is. Uh, is our first, I think, on this podcast, old map. Ah, mm-hmm. treasure, treasure yes. map. Yes, a treasure map which will direct you to somewhere in the depths where you can find something special. Cool. Um, so these treasure maps. We might as well say they, they they guide you to. I think it's pretty much always an armor piece in the depths, mm. right? Um, yeah, I mean, if there's going to be a treasure, like oh, so it's usually the most useful thing. It like, can be a uh, special weapon, also. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like the one weapons that maybe were like amiibo weapons in Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this old map though will guide you towards. Um, a piece of armor called the Miner's Trousers, which, um, so the Miner's Trousers, the, um, so the, the description for it states, the bioluminescent lamps on these trousers shed light on where you step. They come in handy walking in darkness. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a light effect. Um, I'd imagine just with one, I think we spoke about this with the, um, the, the, like the light elixir you can make right mm. on a previous episode there the, the the base effect is it's basically useless right mm-hmm. but 
if you still used it. Like these, these were my go-to, like in the early parts of being in the depths. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're they're very interesting. Again, they kind of got Zonai designs, but they've like got chains hooked to the boots on them. There, they're they're very uh, very strange looking. Very strange yeah, like looking. The whole set is, to be honest. <laughs> um, but if you are pining for the uh, the full set, then if you go to a little bit further up past the two sluice gates, gates that me and Jas were talking about, there's another island a little bit higher up, but you can still make it with a sort of like I'd imagine like a zonai building of some sort. Inside there, you'll find a chest with another old map, which leads you to the miner's top. <laughs> so if you are looking for some easy light source down in the depths, then that's there's there's the two pieces of the old maps you need to find miner's mm. equipment. But I, say, I do like that look of like finding these treasure maps like on the sky islands and then mm-hmm. pointing you to like a direction in the depths gives you a reason to kind of go back down now, like every so often. I I really like how just generally the sky and the depths are quite connected. Yeah. The kind of way the gameplay like back and each between. other is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the miner's top, when you find that, um, it, it's a shirt featuring lamps of various sizes filled with bioluminescent material made to help with mining dark caverns. And it's just pretty much covered in chains with like lamps attached to the chains um it's a very strange looking outfit but i think the whole set <laughs> looks quite weird um but yes that's pretty much all of note up on this slot sky island so we can head back down and catch up with tulin at the hebra cave yes the uh Hebra South Summit Cave, I believe, to be specific. Um, there's a couple of quests nearby here that, I'll be honest, aren't of much note. Um, kind of just down from the Skyview Tower, there's a Rito that um, is looking for 10 chill shrooms inside a cave. There's another one near Rospro Pass um, as well, where there was a Rito that's was getting food supplies out of a cave and then a cave in blocked the entrance so it was kind of you if you bomb open the cave you can help them get the get the uh the food again yeah, it's i a think bit... i remember that one but not the the other one not the other one i think the other one actually looking at it is a bit further up past the cave you'll go to for tulin so um i mean i might well have done it i'm not going to remember mm. you know a 10 mushrooms quest you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, the cave inside is uh it's it's got a um it's filled with cold water and you can't mm. cross it. But there's like uh, uh this is called it's the Talonto Peak Cave. Um so you can just give them ten chill shrooms, you don't need to go into the cave, but inside the cave you build a bridge and there's loads of chill shrooms in there that you could gather up and give to the Rito. But um I like it as well. Again, it's just more world building showing that all the the kids are manning the fort back at the village. Here we see the, the um, the adults. Yeah, out. just desperately trying to find food. Yeah, stay alive, and they're not. They're struggling. They're definitely struggling. Yeah, the um, I think more so than in Breath of the Wild, 
when you go to the four like regional phenomena in this game, they do feel like they need rescuing. Yeah, I think there's um, different levels of um, of severity. I feel, but all yeah, they're oh, all struggling. Yeah, there's there's yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> there's, there's, but they're all um, they're all definitely needing help, which um, I think maybe didn't get the same sense of that as in in Breath of the Wild. No, in Breath of the Wild, they had the divine beasts. But the degree to which each divine beast was rampaging varied quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, basically the the one at um, Gerudo Desert, they're just like, yeah, we don't go there, just don't go near the desert, but everything else is fine. Yep. I can't even remember what the Rito one was doing, it was just sort of flying above them. Just flying about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it made them, I think they were just meant they couldn't fly about. Link, that thing's a bloody eyesore. Can you get rid of it? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they, yeah, they, you're right. They just couldn't fly near it. And then Tebo was the only one, like, brave enough to get up close. But yes, the cave, the Herber South Summit cave. So this is, I suppose, because it's a... Uh... A main story cave, if you want to call it that. It is a longer journey to get through here um, than you know the box standard caves you're going to find out in the wild. Um, I'm pretty sure you there's different enemies. I definitely remember fighting like horriblins in here and some peblets as well. And yes, and there's like a big section where you can. Um, there's like a big cave with an updraft in here that yes. you can flow up as well. Yeah, you can that's actually right. like you're, you're, you're climbing thorns as well, don't you? That's right. Yeah, that's right. You're basically going up the mountain on the inside with this one. Yes, that's it. So it saves you from traversing outside, which is which is neat. I think it, it, it sometimes, whilst I like exploring, I like climbing the mountains. It can be a bit arduous, you know, having a slow climb up a mountainside. And obviously, with this being a main story path, they wanted to. Make it a bit, you know, jazz it up a bit. Make it, uh, make it feel yeah. like a real adventure climbing this mountain, which is what they do. Um, and during, throughout your journey through the cave, you'll come across members of um, Tulin's hunting party who all know, like, he's gone off by himself again. He's raced off ahead. Yeah, you'll have to go find him up ahead. We we're still we're trying to we're trying to keep up, which kind of leans into what we we're saying at the start of the episode about maybe early signs of that arrogance that kind of I can do it all myself nature coming out in Tulin that Revali but also at the same time elements of the adults can't keep up with this kid that too that too have you seen this kid but we get yeah we're getting elements of <laughs> he's amazing him being arts. arrogant but also him being amazing <laughs> this kid could fly kick this kid's a legend um, but yes, they, they, once you get out of the cave, they mention he is at the top of Talonto Peak, um, and there's like a lone cedar tree at the top of the top of the peak. So it's a, a real, you know, landmark, quite easy to to see. Um, there's also another part. So there's the part where you have the built-in updraft. Mm -hmm. There's another part where you just find some flint and a little bonfire. Ah. Uh, yeah, remember how remember how you climb up fires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're still good at game design, man. Love it. 
Um, but yes, we when you eventually get to the top of Tolondo Peak, and um, yes, along the way there's a, a, a big roadblock actually. There's a boss bacoblin on the way up Tolondo Peak. Um, ah. so you have kind of a almost like a little a little mini boss. I'm sure you could find a way around it, but you probably will run into the boss bacoblin and his and his cronies on the way up there. And at, the, at this stage of the game, that's quite a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's probably only a red boss bacoblin, right? But it's... yeah, yeah. Unless unless you've been doing a lot of side quests, <laughs> yeah, it's like a yeah. big, big like kind of group of enemies over to deal with, like this. Definitely. Point of the game. Yeah. But then you know, if you've been doing side quests, you might have lots of ice arrows to mm. immobilize them, and um, maybe create updrafts to activate bullet time. You know, you maybe did a little bit of depth earlier. You could uh, um, muddle bud the boss and turn yeah. him on his cronies. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. Like, like I love the little charge move they do. If I had like a bacoblin boss, like, like defeat his entire little little army, like by doing his little head charge in a circle. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then he has so to yes. perform twelve labors to get forgiveness from the gods. <laughs> So when we finally get to Toronto Peak, we find Tulin there, and uh, poor lad, he's 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 quite sad. He's uh, he's he's upset because monster stoolish bow. <laughs> Those nasty Irokudas. Yes, um, <laughs> is that our first time speaking about them on this cast? The Irokudas. Yeah, we maybe we've mentioned like, oh, there's a flying enemy, but this is our first proper. They look really cool, and they seem really threatening. But they literally always die in one hit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, like they're uh, threatening if, like, you hear them first and you don't know where they are. <laughs> like, well, also, like, screech and then you're like, oh, scream... they're going to home in on me, so I better look about. Their scream is not that different to a gloomspawn scream. <laughs> so I've heard Aracuda and freaked out. I've also heard gloomspawn and been like, oh, it's just an Aracuda. And then the music changes, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not! <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned last week the um, the Zelda races sort of fitting into, like, fantasy tropes. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed that, especially now in Tears of the Kingdom, there's, like, an equivalent monster race for each ally race. So, like, the Aracuda is the monster equivalent to the, um, the Rito. Rito. Yeah. Because then you've got the Lizalfos kind of are like the Zoras enemy. enemies. Yeah. The um, Horriblins are like the cave ones, so they're the Gorons. Yeah, I would say and probably like Talus. The Gerudo and have, would be more and the Gerudo have the um, Gibdo to deal with now. Gibdo, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to them later. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, the Hyrule Compendium says about the Aerokudo. Shadowlick Clough's Pokemon Pokedex voice. An airborne yeah, monster <laughs> that can be recognised by its distinctive cries. They have strong, dexterous feet and can often be seen cruising through the sky with animals or other monsters in their clutches. Thankfully, the breed's lightweight, aerodynamic body makes it easy to shoot down. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, isn't it like, isn't it like his, his bow that's been taken... As, as, 
Silver Coblin has it, but it's been also been picked up by the Arrokuda. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah so I don't think the Arrokuda could hold a bow. Yeah, unto itself. They um they give me big Remobra energy. These guys. Okay. Yeah. 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 I can see flying that. Just kind of flying nuisances, but... kind of a bit lizardy, right? Um, yeah. Interestingly, and I suppose kind of stemming back to the Rito from. Should point um, out, Remobra is a monster from Monster Hunter. For yes. <laughs> listeners who haven't played exactly the games we've played. <laughs> but they're not one of the they're not one of the big monsters that you hunt. No. Like a Monster Hunter monster. Like Plug they Plug, just... go listen to Monster Mash. Yay. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the Zelda Dungeon Wiki draws this comparison, and I can kind of see it. It kind of leans into what you were saying there, Luke, about the, the Rito having kind of a, a monster race enemy. Um, they kind of compare them to they're called Kargoroks, which are like the flying bird enemies from Wind Waker. If okay. you remember them. Um, but I don't see the comparison because they look Obviously I much... remember the big bird that steals your sister at the start. And um, I think these these kind of look like a small version of that, right? However, if I look at the Twilight Princess version of them, they are looking a bit more lizardy. Oh, I remember um, the flying, but they've got like rooster heads almost. Yeah, they're like a, they were more like a flying version of the Lizalfoss, right? In Twilight yeah, Princess. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they are could a kind of related, but they don't look anything like a, a bird. <laughs> they're very. Um, so something else of slight interest when you first step out of the the cave, mm-hmm. before you even get to Tulin, um, Addison is here. Oh, but there's not a there's not a supply depot next to him. Oh, okay. Um, you get, have to you like get a few of these. You have to steal some boulders and stuff from like around the area instead. Ah, yeah, you do get a few of those throughout the game. Which is, yeah, uh... it's just like a couple of boulders attached them together, put it on the little <laughs> platform on the edge, and you're sorted. These are the ones where I'm like, mate, why are you here? No one's going to see this thing. <laughs> yeah. And like, how did you not figure it out? Like, it's the most easiest thing to figure out to keep it stable. <laughs> Counterweight. Well, also, he's literally in, he stood in a bunch of snow. He can't stick the spike in the snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, well, it has, like, the little wooden panel on it, right? It's clearly set up for, like, a counterweight type of deal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, But, yeah, so Trillin, he's he says, can you help me get my bow back, please? And he begins accompanying you, and this is where we're introduced to something that I am very surprised, like, stayed secret <laughs> during the game's development. The only kind of hint we got of it was during trailers where you saw Link fighting alongside other characters. Um, there's a companion system in this game where you can have characters accompany you. And they've all got yeah, their own and special powers. A more... I mean, we'll get to it later. What really blew my mind was when I realised you don't have to pick which one you have with you. Yes. You can just roll with a squad in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Get Link, Link and the homies out and just <laughs> beat up yeah. on some goblins. Um, so Trillin's power is the, the, the power of wind, which um, creates like a forward gust instead of a, a vertical gust like Rivali's Gale did. 
Um, yeah, so it's designed the for traversing gaps. Yeah. Well. yeah. It's designed for traversing gaps or maybe getting more distances if you're doing like a long glide. It can kind of speed up your, mm-hmm. your journey a bit. Um, so it's maybe not as immediately useful as Ravali Scale, but I think it was still my most used power by the end of the journey. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime I'm gliding, you know, be a way to not to use it, right? Mm-hmm. A little button prompt comes up, and of course I'm going to press it, because go a little bit faster, go a little bit further. I do like... Um, I don't know if it's just, like, the wind whistling, or if it's actually Ravali going, Whoa! <laughs> like, yeah, every time you press the button. But I, I love that noise that happens. It's very satisfying, yeah. Um... And yeah, you you um, you. I can't remember. Do we have to go back to the village before we can like actually crack on with the quest? No. Or does, so... Do you pretty much decide to do it right here and now? Yeah. yeah. So what happens here is um, you're you're fighting alongside Ravali, uh, Ravali, Tulin, Tulin. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, eventually you shoot down the Arakuda and it drops the bow, which Tulin grabs. He's like, "Yes, time to fight!" But more enemies turn up. And this is where you see that rather than just having a companion that's basically just press this button for power, um, they'll actually fight alongside you. And uh, mm. I, I also think Tulin was, we'll get to this as we go through each companion and as we go through our journey, probably the most useful combat-wise as well. Because <laughs> you'll sometimes fire off like a volley of arrows, which mm. might headshot an enemy yeah. and knock it over, which allows you to yes. then go in and get... Um, you know, some some more hits in, um, or interrupts the enemy from doing a nasty attack. So, yeah, big fan of this guy. Big fan of this. I was guy. talking to one of my students who's been playing this game, mm-hmm. and they love Tulin. And the way they described it was, they'll be like sneaking through a monster camp or fighting some enemies, and they can just hear the headshot noise going off in the background. <laughs> I'm like, oh great, Tulin's taking care of some enemies for me. It's just pachin, pachin, pachin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So I suppose handy. to see us out before we get on to the the next part of the main quest, um, which we we'll probably get round to next time after fending off the enemies. The rest of um Tulin's hunting party catch up. Tulin mentions here that he see he saw Zelda being like, attacked by a monster, but then she zoomed up above the clouds with her new flight powers that she seems to have, as we saw at Hyrule Castle. Um, and um, they kind of look up and they see, like, there's structures and sky islands kind of heading upwards. Um, and Harf is, uh, says, look, Tulin's really the only one that's got the abilities to kind of broach into that swirling maelstrom which we actually haven't spoken about yet now that I realised that well we mentioned we mentioned there's a blizzard this whole time right but yeah explicitly uh, well, like this is like the area right above you first, you. first kind of well typically you probably be the first chance to like look up towards like because it kind of points you the platform you're fighting on the tool and once you get his, get his bow back mm-hmm. like there's a clear kind of path ahead of like fallen ruins right like, like a best kind of, of it, yeah yeah mm-hmm. that makes you kind of look towards the sky Mm-hmm. that's it that's it um and you, you just see that kind of there's something you know there's something clearly up there but it's totally masked by like an actual 
billowing wind maelstrom that you can't really see past at all. Um, uh, which another game that came out this year very much reminds me of. Uh, there's an area in Final Fantasy 16 where, like, a big massive wind cloud is very much like this is summoned into an area and you have to go into the the heart of the storm which as uh, Harf mentions Tulin's really the only Rito that can probably broach that cloud and uh, help you tra- journey up there so mm. that might be what we'll be going on to chat about next time indeedly do until then you can find this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search Hyrule Field Pod. Why not subscribe, like, follow, get in touch. We want to hear from you. The numbers are telling us there's a bunch of you listening, but why not say hello? Um, it's always nicer to have like one person actively tell you they like the podcast than a hundred people silently listening, you know? Um, but, but we if appreciate you, you to do that, for listening. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it would absolutely make our day if you said, like, oh, hey, I'm just Oh, totally. Totally would. Yeah, yeah. And thank you if you've reached out already. It does mean a lot. Yeah. And you can also go onto Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Tap that little five-star button, write a review. Apparently, in some nebulous way, it helps other people find it. Maybe it puts us up the, the search term rankings, that kind of thing. And if you want to help support the podcast, keep it online, you go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. And although we don't really put anything behind paywalls, that's a good website to go to if you want to find a link to all the shows that we make. And Jas, do you have some sage words of advice for us this week? Uh, I do not. (laughs) No, but I did hear, Uh, I did hear your power of wind there. There we go. <laughs> Have that. Bit of heart. Well, on that note. My friend Colin uh, used to always sing Ooh Barracuda. And for the longest time we didn't we just assumed it was some nonsense he'd made up before we realized it was a real <laughs> song. Excellent. <laughs> well, on that note, thanks for listening. So long. Bye.